The following program deals with military and veteran issues. All comments and opinions expressed on this show are those who made them. They do not reflect the opinions of the Church of Satan or Radio Free Satan. So on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been said that we don't do enough of the old stuff for the standards. So this next one is for all you original hipsters out there. That's right. Put your mittens around your kittens as we bring to you this holiday wish. Podcast Sinister Scuttlebutt episode for December 2021. I am your host, Warlock Jeff Bowling, the commander of the Infernal Legion. And what you just listened to is a special little piece from the United States Navy Band performing White Christmas back in 2016. Because tis the season, ladies and gents, that's right. Solstice and Yule is right around the corner. Of course, we've got that other holiday coming up after that. 
And on December 20th, it's even the birthday of the United States Space Force. So it's a pretty big month for us Space here Force. the official Infernal Legion podcast. But before we get into anything else, let's do a catch-up with the guys for a moment. With me, as always, is my co-host, the VSO of the Infernal Legion, Warlock Dwayne Burns. Dwayne, how the hell are you, man? I'm good, I'm good. Um, get, just get my shit together to... After the Yule, or, or probably not before, but after the Yule, probably going to be back up there in Ohio in your neck of the woods, yours and uh, Rick's neck of the woods to live again. Yeah, coming back to wonderful Ohio. I don't know why anyone would do that except for like me and you. <laughs> Everyone is done. <laughs> I miss you, motherfuckers, too much. <laughs> Do you have any plans for uh, for Solstice or for Yule? Uh, you know, I'm playing it by year. I'm not, I'm not much of a holiday person. I've always had the, the attitude that, uh, you know, holidays are are things for stores to make fucking money. It always, it always bothered me that this month is, is don't step on the ant month or, you know. I mean... And that's... That's an important month for awareness. But, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. They always, they always have, you know, a day. There's 365 days in a year. Let's utilize each day so the consumer buys something. And right. it, it yeah. just, it always. Especially I mean, I, this time. I've here. got, I've got kids here, so I, I respect that. I, I, I respect their innocence and their their childhood, but it. I'm not much of a holiday person. I really ain't. All right, on. Well, are you going to be enlisting for the war on Christmas? Say again? Are you going to be enlisting for the war on Christmas? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed something. And joining us is our producer, Warlock Jeff Ivins, the combo officer for the Infernal Legion. Jeff, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I saw Ivan's head go down when he said that, and I was just waiting for the joke to roll in. No, it's every year, every year, the right wing says there's a war on Christmas. Well, I'm Specifically the conservative not, Christian. Right? Yeah, the but conservative I'm definitely Christian. not right wing, and you know that. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying the conservative <laughs> Christians are all, oh, it's a war on Christmas because you... you you, you're saying uh, you can't happy say holidays. Merry Christmas. It's got to be fucking. It's got to be fucking uh, happy holidays. Yeah. I'll just de- I'll declare war on Christmas while I'm eating my spiral ham. <laughs> <laughs> you know, spiral ham fucking sucks. You want a ham? I'll make you a goddamn ham. You saying you got some meat for me, Dwayne? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. Boob steak. Hey, real quick, Jeff. I saw that you were advertising for a new DJ for your uh, for your radio station. You want to tell everyone what your radio station's about and what you're looking for? Uh, basically, I'm doing. Uh, I do a station called Brain Gel Radio. It's a uh, basically a hard rock metal station. Right now, I got two DJs, including myself. Um. I got one guy down in Australia that's very active and whatnot. But basically, I'm just looking for people to fill time slots and 
you know, be able to go in the chat, take requests, and just cut up and have a fun time. Right on, man. Well, I hope you help. I hope you find somebody. And for anyone who's listening and, and is prone to forgetfulness, like uh, Dwayne, we'll uh, we'll post a link to that on our social media pages. <laughs> the look he just gave me. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's a great segue to uh, to mention the sponsors of this show because you know without them this show would probably still happen. Uh, so first and foremost, <laughs> first and foremost, I want to mention my gainful employer, Duffel Blog. Duffel Blog is the first and only parody news organization for the U.S. military, 100% reader supported. Subscribe at duffelblog.com/slash/subscribe and maybe. Just maybe you'll get to read an article or two from someone whose voice you know kind of well. And he gets paid for it, and we do the work. (laughs) 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 Had to throw that in there. (laughs) This episode is also brought to you by the Warlock Emporium. Bespoke items for the chosen few. All of the jewelry and mugs and t-shirts and things like that are branded with the official Warlock sigil designed by Magister Dr. Robert Johnson. It is the only place where you can buy official Warlock merchandise. Go to the warlockemporium.com. They are now offering a 10% military discount. You'll see a pop-up as soon as you visit the website. Just follow the instructions therein. This episode is also brought to you by the Jimmy Psycho Experiment. Our good friend and fellow legionnaire, Jimmy Psycho, is at it again for the holiday season. If you are looking for some swanky holiday tunes, pick up Ho 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 by the Jimmy Psycho Experiment. 13 classic holiday tunes played in that easy listening Psycho Lounge vibe. Preview and purchase at jimmypsycho.bandzoogle.com slash ho dash ho dash ho. Ya ho. <laughs> Bunch of hoes. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, this episode is brought to you by We Are Satanists, The History and Future of the Church of Satan by Honorary Legionnaire and Magistrate Templi Rex of the Church of Satan, Blanche Barton. We Are Satanists is a comprehensive and exhaustive guide to the history of the Church of Satan from its founding, through her taking the reins as the High Priestess, to the current High Priest and High Priestess, Magus Peter H. Gilmore and Magistrate Peggy Nadramia. It includes huge sections about not only what happened in the Church of Satan throughout history, but also what is happening right now within the ranks of the Infernal Empire. It's also a giant brick you could probably defend yourself quite well with. Yes, so make you sure can. that you pick up We Are Satanists, available at satanme.com. And I think that's it. everybody. No, we got one more. Do we have one more? Yes. Well, who is that? Radio Free Satan. <laughs> hey, you know, I, honestly, I, I remember at this point, but I, I like the gag, so I just keep Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to make sure that they get a shout out because, you know, hey, they host us, and I do the Metro, which I hit big 600 on. Um, of course, Reverend or uh, Reverend Bill M and stuff like that. So we we'll just want to make sure they get the a little plug in there too. So radio, radio, yep. <laughs> 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 
Yes, Radio Free Satan is the uh, the longest running uh, internet radio station within the the greater satanic milieu. It's been going for a long time, and uh, there are just numerous podcasts available from uh, from shows that don't even get updated anymore that you can listen to back episodes of all the way up to some of the best music and comedy clips um we've got a, a podcast for classical music for goth industrial for punk we've got commentary shows like this one radio free satan is the media arm of the church of satan mm-hmm. for uh, in, a, in a large way and it's a fantastic organization and we wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for them so thank you to radio free satan and for those of you who are listening to this on another platform than Radio Free Satan, you can visit RadioFreeSatan.com to listen to all these amazing podcasts. I think that covers it, guys. Yep. Are we, are we fully sponsored up? I think so. All right, let's jump into the news, shall we? We, we got we, a lot. We, we of, paid the bills. <laughs> we paid the bills. Let's jump into the news. <laughs> um, uh, we're going <laughs> we're gonna to start off with one of the most ridiculous stories I think I've ever heard. Except for maybe the last story in this episode. <laughs> and this comes from the website thedrive.com, their section the war zone, all about military news. <clears throat> the Navy's nine billion dollar stealthy super destroyer is covered in rust. The controversial futuristic warship looked less than gleaming as it pulled into San Diego Bay recently. This is died by Tyler Rogaway published on December 10th. The Navy's first of just three DDG-1000 destroyers, the USS Zumwalt, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, continues its testing... What was that? Zumwalt. Zumwalt, okay. Uh, Continues its testing and training work off of the Southern California coast. The ship, which was commissioned five years ago, has been coming and going from San Diego Bay regularly for years now. The second ship in this small class of highly advanced warships the USS Michael Mansour, has also joined Zimwalt in San Diego for its own outfitting and trials. It is hoped that Zimwalt will be able to deploy in the not-so-distant future, but the futuristic warship looked less than gleaming recently, with some of its radar-absorbent tiles deeply discolored and rust streaking down its convex tumble-home hull. Now, obviously, this is an audio-only podcast, so uh, you'll have to go to the article itself to see the pictures. But... To be honest, uh, the ship doesn't look like it's worth about $9 billion and only, what, five years old <laughs> right now. <laughs> it looks pretty bad, pretty terrible. There's a it lot looked, of it, it looks about as good as Navy can play football. Oh. You mean the Army? <laughs> the Navy won. I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, Navy flipped their asses. Yes, they won. <laughs> no. Yes. Well, when I was watching it, Army was ahead. Yeah, well, you, you kept watching. If you kept watching, you would have seen the Navy one. Well, I had other things to do. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Then watch our future officers uh, lose their way on the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the ship is. What's basically been happening is the Navy invested uh, uh, nine billion dollars a piece. This is not nine billion dollars overall. Nine billion dollars a piece on each of these ships. I, I think there's four altogether right now. And they are uh, the latest in stealth technology on the ocean. Uh, they've been running exercises off the coast of Southern California to, to get ready for an actual deployment. Um, 
And the Zimwalt came back, the USS Zimwalt came back to San Diego Bay looking kind of rough. And one of the reasons the Navy gives for that is that it's at half staff because so many of the systems are automated. But it got me thinking, one of the worst things that can happen on the ocean, besides, you know, the, the catastrophic things like fires and whatnot, is just holding back the sea. It's an unforgiving mistress, and it's going to destroy anything <laughs> that's wood or metal or human. So I figured this would be a good chance to talk to our producer, Warlock Jeff Ivins, and find out what the Navy does about rust. Wow, I'm not used to this. Talk to Jeff Ivins. I know. What's up with that? Um, basically, it's you got to, you know, first off with the rust, you've got when you go out to sea and you're out to sea for a prolonged period of time, you're going to rust, plain and simple. Right. You know, and in front, the pictures that I saw, it's not the hull that's rusting, it's the superstructure. And it's okay. just going over the sides. Well, if they keep having the boat out, they can't do uh, corrosion maintenance while at sea, they've got to do it in port. Right, especially during battle drills. I would imagine it'd be really difficult to do that. Yeah, but and just, me, and me, I'm not a navy man, but I, I know that there there's a process out there when it's out in the water that, as it's traveling through the water, it, it builds up some kind of electrical through friction in the water. Magnetic. Yeah, I know. I know you were touching on that when we were earlier before the show. Yeah, it's a yeah, magnetic. Tell us about that. It's a magnetic. Um, the metal of every ship that goes out while it goes through the ocean gets a magnetic signature. And what they do is when they come back in a port, there's like our magnetic coils under the under the water. And it degauses the ship as it comes into port. Because if you're, if you're magnetized and you try to hook up something, you're going to get shocked. Right. So I wonder how many times that's happened. Enough for them to learn. <laughs> how many sailors have been shot across the dock? <laughs> hey, 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 there's, there's, a new way, there's a new way to power your ship, man. <laughs> no, magnet, that type of magnetism is, is, no. So let me ask you in your honest opinion, because Twitter mm-hmm. was blowing up about this, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people, what their main gripe was the way that it looks, which I don't really care about how, and I think anyone in the military legitimately doesn't really care how the equipment looks as long as it works. Yeah. Um, right. You, thought, you saw the pictures, mm-hmm. you saw the way the rust was streaking down. Do you think they have anything to worry about? No. No. All right. And, and, and I used to do corrosion maintenance when I was in the Navy. Before I became a cryptologist, I was I dealt with the Bosa mates and right. it, 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 it. Like I said, you have to be in port to do major corrosion permit uh, maintenance. Right. Yeah, I, I chalked up a lot of it too to the color race, the the color of the ship itself because they're using a, a different. Uh, tone of paint from your mm-hmm. average kind of gray naval warship that's out there, and yeah. I think because they used a, a brighter color, which I guess has something to do with the with the technology of the ship, 
um, you can see the rust that much more prevalently. It doesn't actually look like there's more rust than you would expect for a giant metal box floating on the ocean. No. It just makes um, it more obvious. Yeah. But yeah, it stands out more. Yeah, so um, I, it's not the normal haze gray that, that we call haze gray. Mm. You know, haze gray and underway. <laughs> you know, you know, on your comment of uh, nobody cares about how it looks as long as it performs. Yep. Fuck, have you ever, you ever seen an SR-71? <laughs> on the ground? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying something that's ugly. We don't care right. how it looks. It does its job. Well, I should, I should clarify that no one enlisted cares how it looks. Uh, the officers care. They aren't people. So. Yeah, they're just bean counters. They're going to be the ones operating them. Right. Um, well, I, I, I should actually, there's a second caveat to that, and that is the terrible Army combat uniform that was used in the mid-2000s. Yeah. That was that both looked disgusting and didn't work. So no. It was a double win. <laughs> Would that be the ACU? Yeah, the ACU, the Army Combat Uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty terrible. Though I did enjoy yeah. not having to iron my fucking trousers every day. Right. Well, you know, you know, our buddy, uh, our buddy AC Rich. He, uh, he he'll, he'll tell you how much you love the ACU. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jeff, anything else to add about rust control in the Navy? Um, no, it's just a lot of man hours. Yeah, I imagine. I like it. Like I said, it's a giant metal box floating in the open ocean, and the ocean isn't just normal water; it's salt water, mm-hmm. and it's full of all kinds of minerals and stuff that's just going to wreak havoc on metal. So you know, but that is the nature of the current world. Everyone on social media has a voice, and they want to shout the loudest about it. Yep, basically, that's <laughs> all it is. And they know nothing about it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although I did think it was funny that one of the tweets, and I'm not going to read it, I already closed the article, but one of the tweets actually tagged the commander of the vessel. <laughs> In the tweet. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> so, I wonder how that's going to go down. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some uh, some good news here. Uh, this comes from the Stars and Stripes, and uh, it is about uh, an Army veteran awarded $22.5 million in latest trial over military-issued earplugs. A federal jury on Friday awarded $22.5 million to an Army veteran in a lawsuit claiming earplug manufacturer 3M's military-issued product caused damage to his hearing. It was the eighth such case to reach a verdict and involved the largest amount of damages to date. Theodore Finley filed a lawsuit under Texas law against 3M in January 2020 and that stated he used the company's combat earplug version, uh, version 2, during his service from 2006 to 2014. He now suffers from noise-induced hearing loss and bilateral tinnitus or a ringing in the ears. A pause there real quick because I don't think anyone who served in the Army doesn't have bilateral tinnitus or a ringing in the ears. I know I certainly do, but I was also in field artillery, so it's kind of a given that you're going to have tinnitus when you get out. Uh, but, Dwayne, you have tinnitus as well, right? Huh? <laughs> I said, you have tinnitus <laughs> as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that ringing in the ears, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's a real issue. And I know that anyone who deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan um, during the the major pushes there were issued these earplugs. Now, whether they wore them or not is a whole other story. But um, well, yeah, I did when I was cruising down uh, MSR Tampa or Highway One going towards Biop or something. I wasn't really worried about the earplugs in my ears because I was listening to what was going on around me on the radios and stuff. And yeah. I, I and, and we get jumped out there on the road. I'm not going to say, hey, time out. I got to put in my fucking earplugs. <laughs> well, the, you know? the, the weird thing is uh, the, the earplugs never seemed to work. No, they really didn't. Like the only time we wore them consistently, I mean, and because we had that headset, that that tanker style headset in all the uh, vehicles. Um, the only time we wore them consistently was when we were doing rain shoots, uh, you know, stateside, and it didn't seem to deaden the sound of uh, my M4 at all. Like I, it sounded exactly like I wasn't wearing earplugs. Right. So I don't and know I, how the company can claim that they didn't make a defective product. <laughs> and I, I've got really, I've got really narrow ear canals, and I always remember they gave me such fucking headaches. Oh yeah, yeah, they were rough. <clears throat> All right, so back to the article. Uh, there are more than 272,000 similar cases pending as part of a multi-district litigation assigned to the U.S. District Court in the Northern District of Florida. So far, seven other cases have gone to trial with three juries siding with 3M. So that makes four out of seven cases that have been found in favor of the, uh, the victim, the, the former serviceman. Um. The combined total damages awarded by four other juries is about $30 million. So that should put into perspective, um, out of uh, four other juries, that total is $30 million. This guy alone got $25 million. So that's how much higher it is than the individual awards in other cases. Oh, fuck. Let's apply for it. Right. <laughs> uh, the jury in Finley's case decided on $7.5 million in damages for his past and future pain and suffering and $15 million in punitive damages finding the company was fraudulent, negligent, and liable for a defective product. Among other allegations, according to the court documents, Magistrate Judge Gary R. Jones in Tallahassee presided over the trial. Uh, And this is a quote from the attorneys uh, for this gentleman. Juries continue to find that 3M's earplugs were defective and that they are responsible for causing irreparable hearing damage to those who served our country. Um, and this is also the second jury in a row that's found beyond a reasonable doubt that 3M's conduct was reprehensible and deserving of severe punishment. Now, what's happening in these lawsuits is that they are testing the waters. So 3M knows that they're going to lose a certain number of cases. Now, they've won three out of seven. They've lost four. But what they're doing is they're setting up what a baseline for um, settlement will be in the future. Right. And well, thirty so million high drop in a bucket. Right. They're just trying to figure out what their good baseline is. This will skew that number quite a bit because it goes from like you know, seven point five million to twenty five million in, a, in an individual case. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The part of this article that disturbed me the most was that three M claimed, obviously, like they're going to, that they did nothing wrong. But then also n- noted that the version four of these same earplugs is currently being used by the United States military. 
They didn't know the Robert lost their contract. We have to go to a four. (laughs) Right. Meaning they never lost their contract. And they possibly, and I'm not saying this for sure, but possibly are still making a defective product and still issuing it to the the military to actively use. That disturbs me quite a bit. But that's the nature of uh, the military-industrial complex. Uh, Any thoughts on the earplugs, guys? Did you wear them? I know you did, Dwayne. Did you, Jeff? Did you ever have to wear these? Uh, no, these I didn't. 3M okay, I didn't know for sure if it was before or after your time. Yeah, it was not. after my time. Well, I'm sure he oh. went to the range and stuff occasionally, but he probably didn't have to have them on on a regular basis. No. Well, this is the 3M earplugs. They came out in 2002, so right, I wasn't right. sure. Yeah, that, that was way that. after my time. Yeah, uh, but. It, the good news about all this is that things are happening. So if you were affected by this, talk to an attorney, see what you can do. You know, yet it, it might amount to nothing or you might get a $25 million uh, award. Who knows? <laughs> um, it's not real hard to find an attorney. There's all sorts of ambulance chasers out there online. Right. Especially if you go to them and say, I have a rating from the department of veterans affairs for hearing loss or tinnitus. Uh, and I wore these 3M earplugs. Right now, the time is right. No attorney will turn that case down. <laughs> 30%, 30%, 30%. <laughs> they want 30% of your $20 million. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next story. Uh, but before we get into this, I want to preface uh, that I don't want to turn this conversation into a protracted discussion of uh, the vaccine and the COVID-19 pandemic for mostly because I don't want the show to get pulled from any platform if one of us were to say the wrong thing. And that doesn't mean that there, there is a, uh, a, that I'm claiming there's a right and wrong way of thinking about it. I just mean that, that big tech companies are kind of uh, shady about how they're handling any kind of COVID discussion. So we're going to be discussing the Air Force discharging 27 service members for refusal to get the COVID vaccine. Um, and I, I do want to discuss this because it's important. So this article comes from the Associated Press. Uh, the Air Force has discharged 27 people for, for refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine, making them what officials believe are the first service members to be removed for disobeying the mandate to get the shots. The Air Force gave its forces until November 2nd to get the vaccine, and thousands have either refused or sought an exemption. Uh, Air Force spokeswoman Anne Stefanek said Monday that these are the first airmen to be administratively discharged for reasons involving the vaccine. She said all of them were in their first term of enlistment, so they were younger, lower-ranking personnel, because those are always the ones who get shafted in the military. And while the Air Force does not disclose uh, what type of discharge a service member gets, legislation working its way through Congress limits the military to giving troops and vaccine refusal cases an honorable discharge or general discharge under honorable conditions. The Pentagon earlier this year required the vaccine for all members of the military, including active duty, National Guard, and the reserves. Each of the services set its own deadlines and procedures for that mandate, and the Air Force set the earliest deadline. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has said that vaccine is critical to maintaining the health of the force and its ability to respond to a national security crisis. None of the 27 airmen who were discharged sought a medical, administrative, or religious exemption, Stefanik said. 
Several officials from the other services said they believe that so far only the Air Force has gotten this far along in the process and discharged people over the vaccine refusal. Now, I'm not going to read every other section of this because this goes on and on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, some of the, the latest data from the Air Force, more than 1,000 airmen have refused the shot and more than 4,700 are seeking a religious exemption. Uh, here's the number you were asking about, Dwayne. Uh, as of last week, a bit more than 97% of the active duty Air Force had gotten at least one shot. Um, so I do want to put this out real quick for anyone who is currently in the service and listening and that, to And that's about three people, right? Well, no. nine, nine people. Something like that. But uh, there's still 4,700 pending exemptions. Right, see right, that right. Uh, members of the Navy and the Marine Corps uh, had until November 28th to get the shots, and their reserve members have until December 28th. So if you're in the Navy or the Marine Corps, your deadline has already passed, um, unless you're in the reserve. Uh, uh, Army National Guard and reserves have until... June 30th of next year, 2022. Um, Meanwhile, oh, good. <laughs> as of December 10th, the Pentagon has said that 96.4% of active duty personnel have gotten at least one shot uh, and 74% of the Guard and Reserves. Now, there is something interesting happening there with the Guard and Reserve numbers in that many, uh, not many, but a few states are claiming that the Pentagon or the Department of Defense is overreaching because they have state control of, over the National Guard. Of course, the uh, Secretary of Defense's response to that is, well, then we were not going to pay them for AT, which is also proper. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, so that's interesting. Um, the yeah, biggest you, are on federal to- you are on federal time when you go to AT. Right. Um, the biggest... Uh, uh, lawsuit in that situation is coming from uh, from Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma. Um, if something gets decided in that and the Supreme Court makes a ruling, because this will uh, be handled by the federal court system, um, we will we'll update on that. But like I said, I don't want to get into a big conversation about vaccines, but I do want to kind of touch on the idea that the military is a microcosm of society at large. Obviously, its members come from every walk of life. And so within that that microcosm, that small knit community, you're going to have attitudes that reflect the attitudes of society in general. Uh, there's obviously going to be service members who are keen to get the vaccine and jump on it. There's going to be nut job anti-vaxxers who will never get a vaccine unless they're absolutely ordered to. And there's going to be the overwhelming majority of people who are in between. They, uh, have, they have been absolutely ordered to. That's why they have until a certain date to do it, no? Right, but but see, and this is this is one of the problems with That's the vaccine. That's not lawful The one of the problems with the vaccine in general that's happening is terrible messaging. The government is not doing a good job of, of putting out messaging. So yes, they have been ordered to get this vaccine, but in the meantime, they're letting almost five thousand airmen process an exemption. So, wow. <laughs> uh, so I, I never got that. I mean. Hell, when I went through basic training, we stood in the line. They came with the big black gun, and, and yeah. he didn't have nothing to say. But honestly, so so there is that that is a, a big factor. The military has always been very uh, uh, authoritarian, as they have to be, and disciplined about <laughs> making sure that all their troops are vaccinated. But right. this is a problem, a problem that veterans are having now, uh, 
just look at the anthrax vaccine of the mid 2000s right, right and so when you command your troops that they have to get vaccinated and you have a history of killing your troops with vaccination some people are going to be on shaky ground <laughs> getting <the vaccine. laughs> Um, especially with the VA refusing payouts until just what last year is when they finally agreed to pay out for anthrax. And even then you can't take the, because it was an emergency use authorization, much like this vaccine that we're dealing with, you can't hold the company liable for it. You can only hold the department of veterans affairs liable for it. And you can't sue the United States government. Right. It's a whole mess of a situation. So there's a lot going on with the vaccine and and all of us have uh, Outside of politics, because everyone's got different political views, outside of politics, we all have thoughts about the vaccine. But the simple fact of the matter is, is what this move by the Air Force proves is that you will be discharged if you don't get the vaccine. So here it is in black and white from the Associated Press. 27 airmen now have DD-214s because they refused the vaccine and didn't apply for an exemption. It's pretty cut and dry. I think, you, you know, know why that is, don't you, Jeff? Why what is? Why why this is with the Air Force. Because the Air Force and Space Force are basically the same type of people. Mm. And and it all it all bridges on a war of the worlds type thing. Is that you gotta get vaccinated when war of the worlds happens and the aliens come. <laughs> We've got ourselves inoculated, and, you know, we can just spray fucking COVID all over the aliens. Did we, did, did we lose Ivans on that? No. Come on! That, that's why it's happening. That's assuming that the Martians make it through the smallpox barrier. Exactly. Uh, you know. And Napoleon. Right. <laughs> no, no, we're just gonna put some fucking COVID omno omno something COVID Z, you know, just... <laughs> and that's it. That's why. That's what's going on, man. I got to fucking figure it out. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And obviously, we want to keep everyone up to date about what's happening within the military uh, as much as we can. This is a touchy thing, a touchy subject. And like I said, I don't want our, our podcast and getting removed from any platform that it might be on. If, if one of us were to, you know, express a wrong think opinion, you can take from that statement what you will. Um, let's go to a quick commercial break and let's hear from Radio Free Satan. And we'll come right back and talk about BAH benefits that you might be missing out on. In 1966, Anton LaVey created the Church of Satan marking the beginning of the Age of Fire and Year One Anno Satanus. In 1969, he published The Satanic Bible, codifying Satanism as a religion, the first time it's been done in human history. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of hell, come forth from the pit, bestow the blessings of hell upon us. For we are your children, and we invoke thee this night. In 2001, I was appointed High Priest of the Church of Satan. In 2007, I published the Satanic Scriptures, further defining and expanding on Satanic philosophy and greater magic ritual. Hail Satan, full of might! Hail Satan, full of might! Our allegiance! 
allegiance is with thee. Cursed are they. The God adores. And cursed are the worshippers of the Nazarene eunuch. For the past 50 years, the Church of Satan has stood as the sole organization to define and defend Satanism as a religion. And though pretenders to the infernal throne have come and gone, we have stood the test of time and will into the future. Visit churchofsatan.com for more information and read the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Scriptures. Knowledge is the solution for ignorance. Hail Satan! Take a trip back to the 1980s with me, Warlock Jeff Ivins, on the Metro Radio Free Satan's show, highlighting the new wave and other hits from the indulgent decade, only on RadioFreeSatan.com. This is Reverend Gene, the host of Voxitane, exclusively on Radio Free Satan. Join me every week as we indulge in the classical side of music spanning the past 1,000 years. Voxitane has already featured over 700 composers covering medieval, baroque, classical, romantic, and contemporary music, including chant, choral, opera, keyboard, and orchestral music, with composers ranging from Gluck to Gilmore, Bach to Bellevance, Talis to Taverner, and Paganini to Perth. Get your weekly recommended dose of classical music right here on Voxitane, only on Radio Free Satan, with me, Reverend Jean. Hail Satan! Attention iTunes users, if you like this show and other programs from Radio Free Satan, then please take a moment to look us up on iTunes to rate and comment on the program. You can also do the same on Stitcher.com. Look up this program on Stitcher.com, rate it, and give us a review. And that's if you like the show, of course, you know, that you want to give it five stars and a good review, not, you know, give it one star and say a bunch of mean things. But hey, if you want to do that, then I'm sure there are a bunch of Christian podcasts on iTunes that you could do that on. Anyway, thank you for your support of RadioFreeSatan.com. And now back to the program. Welcome back to the official Infernal Legion podcast. And we are knee-deep in our Sinister Scuttlebutt episode for December of 2021. Last episode of the year. Last episode of the year. And we got a lot of cool stuff coming up next year. Uh, including our first interviews with family members of veterans, uh, possibly some CLS hierarchy members, um, and and a few uh, a few people who are popular outside of the realm of Satanism uh, for their actions in the military. Got a whole lot of stuff coming up next year, but there's one really important thing happening next year, isn't there, Dwayne? But his face is <laughs> you, you, you have to excuse me. I was uh, talking to <laughs> Alyssa, and I have no idea what you were saying. What's uh, what's happening <laughs> next year that's really important for everyone who's a veteran or in the military? Well, it, it actually is happening this month. Everybody is getting a pay raise. 
Yes, we are the biggest pay raise in military history. At least since the Reagan era. Well, yeah. I'm going to say in military history, because let's be fair. If you joined up before the Reagan era, you were getting a pair of boots and a cheese sandwich. Right, right, right. Well, when I joined, Reagan was still president. Yeah. Well, are we an old fucker? Yeah. (laughs) What's funny about that is when I was born, Reagan was still president. (laughs) Wow. You're a young fucker. Yeah. Talk about a uh, gleam in somebody's groin. So, uh, yes, everyone in the military, active duty guard, reserves, and uh, veterans who are receiving disability under uh, the VA um, are going to receive a 6%, I believe it's 6%, it might be a little bit higher, but 6% increase uh, due to cost of living. Now, is that 6% going to actually keep up with cost of living? Fucking doubt. No. But, <laughs> but it is still a big deal. Uh, Dwayne, you broke this down math-wise earlier. What your average vet? About, what, how much do they expect? About three. If you're 100 percent, about three hundred dollars, maybe a little, a little smidgen over. Right, right. So if you're 100 percent and you don't have any dependents, this should, if my math is right, tip you over to the thirty-six thousand dollars a year uh, um, pay rate. No, it'd be about thirty-eight hundred. Okay. All right. I mean, I hate to call you a liar. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah. (laughs) And you can always make that up with having a dependent or the clothing allowance or, you know, any of other uh, numerous. Well, you're entitled to clothing allowance. So, Uh, you know, since we're talking about benefits, let's jump into a benefit that apparently a lot of service members don't know exists or don't know how to get. And that is the BAH, Basic Allowance for Housing, temporary increase that was issued starting last year. The military services have so far, this uh, article comes from the Military Times, by the way. Uh, The military services have so far approved just 4,167 claims for the temporary increase in Basic Allowance for Housing. Far fewer than were anticipated by defense officials. For reference, defense officials predicted 200,000 service members would be eligible for this. Out of that 200,000, only 4,167 claims have been processed. The Air Force is leading in uh, service <laughs> claimed it with 3,174. So out of 4,167 claims, 3,174 have come from the Air Force. Now, this does make sense because the Air Force uh, lives in areas that are more affected by this BAH increase. Can you get Have to you read that in Air Force Chow Hall or stayed in Air Force Barracks? Do they really well, this isn't to? this isn't for I understand. I understand, no. but I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, this is where this article starts to lose me. Given the extensive marketing campaigns that have been conducted by the services and by the Department of Defense, the actual number of claims received would appear the original it would appear because is a quote that the original estimate was inflated, thus potentially setting a false expectation, said DOD spokesman Army Major Charlie Dietz. Now, 
I follow all of these services, both personally and uh, through the Infernal Legion social media channels. Um, if there was a chance for service members to get more money, pretty sure we would have posted about it. Absolutely. I didn't see a fucking thing about it until this article. So I'm not sure how their uh, marketing campaign is actually this large and all inclusive. <laughs> well, look, you know, look at who look at who wrote the article. Was it the Onion? If it was the Onion, we could pretty much put it to, to the side. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it was the Military Times, so it's almost as bad. <laughs> well, we, we just know how we just know how my buddy Alec Garber loves to uh, <laughs> to, to send shit out about the Onion. <laughs> so in September of last year defense officials announced that service members in 56 areas of the country could be eligible to apply for a temporary basic allowance for housing increase to ease the financial burden on service members and their families especially those making permanent change of station moves affected by housing shortages and skyrocketing rental costs the temporary payments apply to the months of October, November and December to, and represent increases of 10% and to 20% over the current 2021 BAH rates. The announcement of new housing allowance rates that will take effect January 1st is expected soon. So what that means is that the military is adjusting its BAH rates for everyone. But in the meantime, there were service members who had to PCS to a new duty station um, in an area where the housing market is out of control and therefore had to eat a bunch of money in order to house them and their families. And they're trying to make up for that by offering this temporary bump in BAH to pay you back for what you had to spend out of pocket to get your house. The problem is out of 200,000 people that were affected by this, only just shy of 5,000 have actually made a claim for it. Now, before we came back from the commercial break, Dwayne, you and I were talking about the BAH process when you're active duty. For me, right. it was very different from you. When I, when I went to Europe, um, it was automatic. Uh, but you actually you were talking about having to fill out some some forms. So let's let's talk about that. What do these people need to do in order to get this BAH increase? Well, they probably need to go down to their uh, probably need to go down to their housing office or go through their unit admin to find out. You know, do a pay inquiry. I mean, do that right. And uh, find out what you have gotten versus what you're entitled to. And, I mean, like when I was in, if you didn't apply for it, you didn't get it. They wanted, I mean, it was just like equipment, you know. Like I was telling you earlier, I'll use the same analogy. If it's not part of your TO&E, they ain't giving it to you. And, you, you know, you better apply for it. You, you can always apply for something for your TO&E if you need it, but you got to apply for it. And they're going to give it to you unless you unless you ask for it. Um, a lot of people got uh, some back pay out there. It sounds like uh, like you said four hundred thousand. Two hundred two hundred thousand. Only five thousand applied. Right. A lot um, of people got some back pay out there. Yeah, that, Ten to twenty percent increase on BAH rates for those affected months. I mean, that's well, that's huge. That's a huge yeah, amount. Of absolutely. Money. Absolutely. And and, and we know the military months. process and how that works. Uh, it, once you get it cleared, you're going to get it all at once. You're going to have a huge influx of cash going at the perfect time of the year. <laughs> and that, that's also people who have uh, who have out processed too, because you're still part of the military for how many days? 
Yeah, well, and, and even, if, even if you just got out during that time frame, if you had to complete the move, you'd still be right. eligible for the BAH. Absolutely, thing. absolutely. So, and, you, and not being in there with an active LES and everything, it's just going to go right over top of you. You have to go yeah. and you have to you have to apply for that shit. And you'd probably have to go through a VA office then after that. Cause you're, you're Quite not possibly. You might be able to go through that, uh, what is it, uh, Office of Personnel Management um, for the DOD. Maybe because it is an active duty benefit, but I'm not sure. It is, it is, but you'd have to find some rep to go through it with you. You Right, right. You couldn't walk your ass in there. Yeah, just like we can't can't walk our ass into records in a federal building. We got to have a a, a power of attorney or representative to go through and do it for us. Right. Um, But yeah, it's a huge amount of money that affects a lot of people. And, and this isn't just the, the high – I understand why the Air Force is leading the way on this because the Air Force tends to be stationed in, in higher-end places than the rest of the military. Right. Um, so it would make sense. But, uh, but at the same time, this doesn't just apply to higher-end places like Hawaii or, um, or Europe or Japan. Like that. It, yeah. It's anywhere where the housing market is increased. So, I mean – for example, here in Ohio, we have Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I know for a fact that Dayton uh, area housing costs have gone through the fucking roof in the last year. Um, so if you PCS to date to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, you're probably eligible for this. Um, same thing with where I was stationed when I was in the Army, Fort Drum, New York. Um, housing costs have gone through the roof all through the state of New York in the last year. Um, I think the average rent went up for um, from around nine hundred dollars to about nineteen hundred dollars. That's a huge increase. You're eligible for that BAH increase for those months if you PCS during that time period. So it's well, they definitely were talking about that. They were talking about that down here in Tampa. That a one bedroom apartment down here in Tampa has gone up to sixteen hundred bucks a month. Right. Yeah, it's it, insane. it is that bad. And it's, of course, it's happening all through California and um, and areas like that, which have numerous military bases for all yeah. branches of service. So, uh, so if you PCS'd any time between September of last year and now, and you've been affected by housing costs, you probably are eligible for this temporary BAH increase until they can yeah. get their rates right. You Go got talk a damn, to your S one. You got a damn good down whatever. payment on a Harley or something, right? Or, you know, food for your kids. <laughs> so, <All right>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> My kids eat just fine. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're, if you're out there, you probably haven't heard about this if you're active in the military because despite what the Department of Defense says, they suck at getting the word out on stuff like this. And that's probably intentional. But there is some money waiting for you. Go get it. Let's move on to the global war on terrorism. What, you mean that war that ended with Afghanistan? No, that war never ended, you fool. We're still fighting the global war on terrorism. We've been fighting. Before we even invaded Afghanistan, we were fighting the GWAT. And now that we're out of Afghanistan, we're still fighting the GWAT. The proof, you may ask? This comes from an article by Military.com. 1,000 National Guard soldiers to deploy to Africa as Mideast wars wind down. 
The Virginia and Kentucky National Guard are deploying 1,000 troops to the Horn of Africa amid a continuing shift in U.S. war efforts away from the Middle East. On Saturday, and this was, uh, I'm sorry, this was originally published in 29 November. On Saturday, 800 Virginia and 200 Kentucky Guardsmen shipped off for about a month of pre-deployment training at Fort Bliss, Texas. Ugh, Fort Bliss, Texas. Got to love the it. All the beach. <laughs> Um, the soldiers recently wrapped up three weeks of training at Fort Pickett, Virginia, according to a guard spokesperson. The soldiers are expected to be sent to an unspecified countries in Africa in early 2022. So they haven't actually landed in Africa yet. They're still doing pre-deployment training. It is unclear if the 1,000 guardsmen is an increase in the Pentagon's force in Africa or if those troops are replacing others currently deployed. The U.S. has been increasingly operating in countries like Somalia and Niger as the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq have drawn down. There are some 6,000 American troops, Defense Department civilians, and contractors across Africa, uh, an Army spokesperson called, told Military.com. About 3,400 of those people operate from Camp Limonier in Djibouti, which serves as the major hub for the U.S. military on the continent. And why is this happening, you might ask? Well, the next paragraph will tell us. China is also eyeing Africa to establish overseas military bases. In 2017, it built its first base in the region uh, in the region in Dorale, Djibouti, not far from where U.S. forces are stationed. The Pentagon just finished a global review of forces, including those deployed to Africa. A senior defense official said Monday that potential changes to the military's footprints on the continent are in the pipeline and could be rolled out over the next two to three years, but no drawdown or shifts have been announced yet, despite a similar review by the previous administration and former Defense Secretary Mark Esper. So, let's talk about this. What country 1, is that? What's that? What country is that? Jabuti. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, he cracked himself up on that one. <laughs> he does it all the time. <laughs> all right. Jump uh, me. <clears throat> Since 2007, there have been 1,197 drone strikes in Somalia alone, in Africa. Um. Beyond airstrikes, ground troops have been routinely engaged by militants. In 2017, militants associated with the Islamic State group ambushed a small element of Green Berets working with Nigerian soldiers in Niger. And we covered that story right here on the podcast. Four U.S. soldiers were killed, marking the deadliest day in Africa since 1993. Black Hawk Down, also known as Operation Gothic Serpent, incident in Somalia where 19 troops died and 73 were wounded. Uh, in September 2019, New Jersey National Guard soldiers with the 102nd Cavalry Regiment fended off a complex assault from Al-Shabaab militants in Somalia, which included gunmen and suicide bombers, according to reporting from connected vets. At least 10 militants were killed in the action. Virginia and Kentucky's mission will be to – Virginia and Kentucky National Guard's mission – will be to provide security at various forward operating bases across the Horn of Africa and to improve safety and stability in the region. So, it's so, uh, so the commander in chief has asked the governors of Virginia and you say Kentucky to mm-hmm. to allow soldiers to be activated. 
Correct. Wow. Because I, I thought the commander in chief had to have like a an actual action happening. You know, not necessarily a war, but he has to get permission and all that. And then. Well, and then ask the state governors for activation. They're, they're really they're, putting National Guard troops over there. Well, there are currently 20,000 National Guard troops activated for various operations around the world. And this isn't AT, this is activated. This is activated. We have a 1,000, this this 1,000 going to Africa. There's another, uh, like, 4,000 in Ukraine right now. There's um, a couple thousand on the southern border. And there's a, a few Ukraine more thousand that are connected for, for the medical, um, for the COVID-19 issue. So right. the National Guard is, is shuffling. Now th- and this doesn't even count those who have been activated by their states for things like wildfires and disaster relief across the country with the right. tornadoes that just hit and things like that. So the National Guard is really, uh, they're seriously pulling double duty right now. Yeah. And I believe I may be wrong on this. The article didn't touch on this, but I think that the National Guard is still um, uh, on the hook for uh, deployments based on the global war on terrorism, which is what the Horn of Africa and all that is about. It falls under that large umbrella. So it falls under the IRR area. Yeah. Um, so just like they got deployed for Iraq and Afghanistan, they're being deployed for the Horn of Africa now. Uh, but, you know, hey, are, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, if, it, if something uh, breaks out, we need you back. You're coming back. I got you. Um, so you know, it's uh, uh, everyone thought, and I even saw some of our own legionnaires post that this past Thanksgiving was the first Thanksgiving that we haven't been uh, that the United States hasn't been at war at for 20 years. False. We are still invade, engaged in active combat operations all over Africa and all over the Middle East, even though that it's shifting. The only place we pulled out of was Afghanistan. That was one country out of about 20 we are currently occupying as part of the larger global war on terrorism. Why do I say that? Because Christmas is coming up. And I can promise you that come uh, the holiday season, uh, you're not going to see any commercials from you know the news co- companies like you used to see when we were actively at war with Afghanistan saying you know sending messages home from troops saying you know remember the troops uh, showing footage from defect parties or whatever because they want you to forget about this fucking war don't forget about this war there are thousands of our soldiers many of them national guard soldiers who are part of your everyday communities who are deployed right now in the global war on terrorism that supposedly doesn't exist anymore. That was my piece. You guys have anything to add? You pretty much hit it. You covered it. (laughs) And to those of you who are deployed, if you are hearing this, thank you for listening. If you need anything, reach out to any of us, and we'll do our best to help you, get you care packages, whatever you need. We will absolutely take care of you. It is our job. It's also our pleasure. So let's end the show on a fun note, shall we? Dwayne, you were in for 20 years. Three. 23. 23 years. I apologize. 23 years. What was your best re-enlistment bonus? (laughs) Honestly, for the time and everything else, 
probably the 50, uh, 15,000 uh, try one. There you go. All right. I think mine was a, a $10,000 uh, reenlistment bonus because I was in a what they called a star MOS at the time. Uh, Jeff, did you mm-hmm. ever get to reenlist in the Navy? Or were you, yeah, I did once. Years? All right. What did, what did you get for reenlistment? Ten grand. Ten grand. All right. So about ten grand, mm-hmm. fifteen grand. Those are respectable numbers. Bet none of you got to fly in a Chinook. A Chinook. <laughs> Chinook. Yeah, Chinook. <laughs> That's right, right, folks. If you are in the United States Army and want to re-enlist, they have a hell of a bonus for you right now. You get to take a little flight around in a Chinook helicopter. <laughs> Only if they drop the back door and let me jump out the back. That would be fun. So what's hilarious about this, and I'm not making this up. It's not bullshit. This is a, an actual article. It comes from Task and Purpose, and it's discussing what is a current – gets considered a current incentive to reenlist. And that is taking a quick flight around your uh, AO. So if you're overseas, around your, your area of operations, if you're um, stateside and garrison, just around your base in the Chinook. The same helicopter that anyone who's ever gone through air assault school or ever had to transport heavy equipment or ever landed on the back of a ship has flown in. Almost 90% of the goddamn military has flown in a Chinook. But that is your reenlistment bonus if you reenlist in the Army today. Do you know why? <laughs> Do you know why? Because if you wear, because if you wear your three M uh, earplugs, you can go and and get yourself a lawsuit. Do you know how loud them fucking choppers are? Oh, they're huge, and the ship has the dual, <laughs> the dual what do they call them, propellers or whatever. <laughs> I'm hitting it tonight, boy. I got my I got my comedy on tonight, boy. I know that uh, uh, the military is hard up on, on reenlistment numbers and on recruiting numbers. In fact, most estimates are that you have to uh, – the military needs to recruit and it retain – It could be a better incentive than riding around in a goddamn shit hook. <laughs> right. uh, the, Army, uh, the Army alone has to recruit or retain, retain 150,000 troops in order to stay at optimum, optimum levels every year. I'm sure that with all the brains that popped out of West Point, they can come up with a better fucking incentive than riding in a goddamn Chinook. What do you want from <laughs> rain knockers? <laughs> oh, um, hey, look, if you're in the army right now, this is a hell of a deal. Don't pass this up. <laughs> I'm thinking about going back in just for the Chinook ride. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you, Dwayne, you spent 23 years in. What kept you coming back? Uh, Besides the top bonus of about 15 grand. What I was saying with that bonus of 15 grand, it was kind of being funny. It's what I got while I was in Iraq. If you will stay in Iraq for another year and extend oh, your, oh, okay. we will give Except you fifteen thousand dollars tax free. That's what that one was about. So I mean, it, it was a hell of a bonus for, um, for twenty three. For twenty three years, you had to reenlist. I'm sure multiple times. What what made you raise your hand again? 
I uh, didn't want to go back home. I hated my family, I guess. <laughs> I wanted to continue. <laughs> I mean, it was a job. It kept me alive. I mean, if, you, if you've ever if you ever listened to my story before, I did have a very good upbringing as a kid. I dropped out of school at the age of 17 because I was living on the streets. Right. And while well, 16, I mean, mom had me living on the streets at 16. And uh, I just, I, I, at the time, was allowed to to quit high school and with the with the understanding that by the time I completed basic training, I would have my GED. If not, I would be a retrain. And uh, too many of them were kicking your ass out. And, uh, you know, I, I got all that shit done. And I, you know, just continued to climb the ladder. I liked what I was doing. And I stuck it out. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Like, besides the, the 10 grand that you got... What what uh what convinced you to raise your right hand again? Well, just the same reason I joined. I thought an obligation to serve the country. Right. Okay. Well, fuck! They're offering Trevor right now seventy grand. Well, that's nothing though. I mean, he could get a ride in the Chinook. Yeah. yeah. No, they're offering him <laughs> seventy grand. No, you can't. That's Marine Corps. <laughs> What, what did he not score high enough for uh, the army? Uh, no, he wants to be a marine. Actually, oh. he wants to go and color with crayons and uh, all that good shit. <laughs> Window liquor. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we all we all have our personal experiences and our personal reasons for joining and for rejoining, for reenlisting every time. Um, but I'm pretty sure riding in a Chinook was not one of the benefits. Hell, I, I went through air assault training, and I never wanted to ride through a Chinook again after air no. assault school. No, you did <laughs> And And never mind that, like I said before, probably about 90% of the Army, at least, has already ridden in one of these things. Um, yeah, and I, I was lucky with my air assault school because it was out in Hawaii. That's you know, one of the only other places you can do it. You do it at... Uh, you do it at uh, 101st Airborne, or you do it out in Hawaii. Yeah, uh, Fort Campbell, Fort Drum, and Hawaii offer it. You can it do it at Drum. Yeah, we actually offer two classes a year at Drum. Um, and well, then they, Europe, they got a class. Every, they got a class a week in Hawaii. I mean, their uh, zero day is funnier now. I mean, they just Europe has uh, once every, I believe, two years they'll have a aerosol course. Wow. Um, now, mind you, I think it's a little funny because air- airborne classes are running constantly, and airborne is kind of a dying thing. It's not really necessary anymore. Meanwhile, every unit, whether you're air assault qualified or not, is doing an air assault in combat. <laughs> so you yeah, think I mean, you want you, more people qualified. Did you qualified. see the Navy guy with the jet pack on on the commercial going up and down the ocean and then landing on the ship? Oh, yeah, with the water power jet pack. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey's old guys are getting airborne uh, obsolete, fancy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there they, right, I wonder, uh, I wonder how they would react with the. I wonder how that jetpack would react with the electromagnetic field, seeing it's a water powered. I, <laughs> I just call them <laughs> special ed. I'm trying to be trying to be funny. You can't get into it. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, guys. Anyone thinking about reenlisting to ride in the Chinook? Nope. Absolutely not. All right, Jeff, you in? Chinook oh, ride? hell no. 
<laughs> not just no, but a hell no. Hey, I, I'm licensed to I'm licensed to fly single and twin prop Cessna. Uh, uh, you want to go do that? I've already, already done, done that. that. Do I have to re-enlist for it? Fuck no, let's just go for a ride. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, everyone listening, for joining us on the official Infernal Legion podcast, Sinister Scuttlebutt episode for December. On December 20th, it is the third birthday of the United States. Say it, Dwayne. Space Force. <laughs> and make sure to get your vaccinations. And make sure um, you get your vaccinations so you can do the War of the Worlds. <laughs> right. Fight off the Martians. Um, so, Simpra Supra to our guardian brothers and sisters. Uh, and until next time, gentlemen, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Veteran Suicide Hotline. Phone number is one 800 Two seven three eight two five five one eight hundred two seven three talk and as soon as you dial that you press number one also you can text to eight three eight two five five for more inf- information but it is just as effective as chat support is free confidential and available twenty four seven. It is available to all servicemen and women, active and inactive, guard or reserve, and available to veterans, family members as well.